And another week in the books of the NFL and a couple of blowouts this week, Boxhead. A couple of surprises as well. There was, yeah. Starting to get into that, you know, the grind, I guess. And teams are starting to, I guess, spark up in form because, like we said, a lot of them only played one preseason game. Now they've had essentially three full games together. So you're starting to see some teams hit a little bit of form. And, yeah, other teams are getting injuries and... You've also got tape as well. Like teams are starting to work out what other teams are doing well and how to stop it. So you know that that week to week, I guess coaching cycle, playing cycle, injuries, short turnarounds, all that sort of stuff is starting to have a bit of an impact on uh, on the NFL. And after this week, the only undefeated AFC team left is the Dolphins, three and zero. NFC, no surprise. It's the two heavyweights from last year, the Eagles and the Forty ers Yeah. Um, and 0-3 teams, AFC, the Broncos, they stand alone. And it certainly wasn't a good week for the Broncos, let's put it that way. But on top of that... Spank like a redheaded stepchild. That's right. NFC, Bears, Vikings, and Panthers, all 0-3. So, bit of a divide there at the top and the bottom end of the NFC, uh, as compared to the AFC. And the other funny story that I've just really enjoyed this week is the whole... Kelsey and his brother and talking about Taylor Swift and then suddenly she was at the ground and all the players are staring at her and waving her and talking about how they want to meet. That Travis Kelsey is an extremely funny man. Isn't he dating anyone? Isn't that oh, well, that's apparently him. Like I said to you last week, we did an NRL pod. I listened to the pod of those two and they're bloody hilarious, but all this stuff that's going on now. It's just... Have you watched the documentary? No. It's on Amazon Prime. I recommend it. it I've good. just listened to a few pods and yeah. they're talking about they both got kicked out of, expelled from preschool and all sorts of shit. There's some yeah. fucking funny stories in it. And when they had Jason's wife on there, like some of the stuff they got her to talk about, I was like, "Dear Lord, yeah, this is some of the funniest shit I've ever listened to." So, yeah, they are two very funny human beings. But let's jump into it. Rams Bengals. It was bloody tight. You're um, working backwards, are we? Oh, we can go the other way. Yeah, I'd go the other way. I've just did everything. However, I watched them and wrote them down, so I can go the other way. Go the other way. Forty Niners, thirty to twelve over the Giants. Pretty dominant display. Oh, well, sure. Efficient. Um, clinical, all the sort of stuff that you generally associate. They had no Brennan Ayuk, but I think no surprise again, a couple of weeks in, all the movement, the shifts, the motions, the stuff that you get. With Kyle Shanahan, it was on full display. And Purdy, again, not showing any signs of that injury. He's efficient. He moves well. Um, he does the job for him. He, with the system that Kyle Shanahan runs, you don't need, I guess, you know, a bloody Tom Brady or Lamar Jackson or a top level, what you'd say, an elite quarterback but if you have someone that can work the system and utilize the skill players they've got things tick yeah more concerning is the Giants their lack of really anything they were never in the game at all no they were ordinary they didn't didn't score a touchdown they're all field goals I think Mm. yeah concerning Dayball's got some big issues there biggest one is quarterback I know they made the playoffs last year but even the run game though 29 yards on the ground that's it yeah so I know that's without Saquon. They weren't doing well with Saquon, but in yeah, they've got money in their defense. That's not doing so well. Um, 40 minutes of possession to 20 minutes, 78 plays to 46. 49ers just had sustained drives, stayed on the field and took them apart. The only thing that Shanahan would be concerned about is I think they were two and five in the red zone. They always talk about red zone efficiency, scoring. They probably could add more points, but on the flip, big day for Debo. Uh, McCaffrey's been very, very good to start the year. Looks like they found another good deep pick. Bell had a couple of nice catches. He was a seventh-round pick, scored a touchdown his first in the NFL. Kittle's slowly warming up if he can stay healthy. Um, and even like Elijah Mitchell, just as a change-up. He always seems to have good change-up backs to... And defensively, no surprise, Hargrave, Bosa. They're good on that side of the ball. But I, they weren't really threatened here, let's be honest. I sure weren't. So, uh, yeah, for the Giants, lots of things to work on for Dayball, but... See how that progresses, but yeah, missing Saquon, Daniel Jones, what they do with their offense, defense not really chipping in. It's all a lot of the momentum sort of gone out of the sales from last year, that's for sure. But keep watching them as the weeks roll on. Colts, Ravens, 22-19. I tell you what, I talked a bit of smack about the Colts, but they're a tough team. Well, they are. Two wins. Preseason to now, no Richardson, still no Taylor. Moss was huge. 30-plus carries, nice touchdown. Minshew talked about how good of a signing that was as a backup and think he's highly underrated. He's tough. He was safe. He got the job done. And yeah. their defense is certainly punching overs. Massive like, upset. 
Franklin, you know, sort of emerged after all the shack injuries, so they've got someone there. He's actually taking the lead role in more snaps. Quiddy Pay, big play, Buckner. They, they, you know, they're probably not the best on the back end of their defense, but up front they're certainly good. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you, you're not wrong about upsets. Like, you talk about the Ravens again. Lamar ran wild. They weren't exactly great with the passing game, but Drake, Kenyon Drake had two big fumbles. And the field goals from Matt Gay, five from five, and a couple from 50-plus were huge. Tucker, who's the golden boot, usually had one to try and take it from 61, come up short. Um, huge kick, mind you. But then, yeah, Gay drew it a 54-yarder. <laughs> so, yeah, that, it was a crazy game. It was a weird one. On the flip, like you're watching Hamilton get three sacks and a safety when they got to that point. I thought they are going to get away with this. Yeah. But Gay, again, had to hit another 50-yarder just to get it over time. So, talk about special teams. Week. There was a lot of field goal kickers that were very important to their teams this week, and this game was another one. But... This is another one where we look at the Ravens and they've got some injuries. They're getting a little bit more the first few weeks of things have rolled on. Offensively, again, you want to see more development in the past. You had people like Lombardi and that, like I said last week, talking about, you know, Lamar looks like the MVP. Then you have a day like today where the passing game probably doesn't match what they put up on the ground. Yeah. Um, that's probably a worry with them always. But, yeah, they, they seem to have had a terrible run of injury the last few years. They have. Yeah. yeah. Whenever they sort of look to build a little bit of fluency, they, yeah, get an injury or something sort of happens to them. Mm. Well, Bateman, Ajabo, a couple of guys on the O-line, like just as the weeks have gone on, it's starting to slowly rack up for them. But yeah, Matt Gay, the hero on this one. Minshew, very safe. And two huge plays to get in field goal range for him. Long pass to Pittman, whose head got absolutely screwed off and jumped straight back to his feet. And then Moss... We had a big day, cut up another 15-yarder, um, and Gay with a 53 to win. So, five from five. Sometimes you look at the kickers and punters and that, and they get cop a bit of stick, but on days like that, pays to have a good one. Pretty impressive. So, big day and a huge win. For the Colts, Browns-Titans, 27-3. to three. Uh, I don't really know what to say about this, but week to week, it's been a bit of a rough ride. For the Titans, they sort of turned things around a little bit last week, but they've gone straight back into the cellar in terms of their offense this week. Henry, 11 carries, only got 20 on the ground. 94 total yards. Tannehill couldn't move the ball. And you talk about upgrades. Like, the Browns have had a generally a pretty good defense and it's led by Miles Garrett. But, you know, to bring Jim Swartz in, who's highly rated as a coordinator and he'd been at the Eagles and a couple of teams previously, he's certainly brought something else to that unit. <laughs> they were absolutely dominant. Yeah. Miles Garrett had a field day. Three and a half sacks. Force fumble. Anytime they tried to get something going, the Titans, absolutely zilks. The only reason this sort of stayed within reach for a while is the flip again. And we talk about the DNA of the Titans as their D line. Yeah. They did a little bit. They stemmed the running game. The first game without Chubb. You know, Ford only had 18 yards. Hunt, Pierre Strong, six, seven carries between them. They couldn't really get much going. Ford got a touchdown off a short carry and a pass, but... Uh, their passing game sort of built up. And again, their, their defense did him a hell of a lot of favors because Deshaun had a few bad moments early. A fumble, yeah, that random pass he threw out his ass that could have been picked up. Uh, but from there, a couple of nice runs, couple through the air. Amari, Elijah Morey targeted them a fair bit. 27 for 33, 290 and two Ds in the end. So uh, shaky start, but probably his best week. Big time, yeah. So... Again, we talk about it week to week. If they keep improving what he's doing with a good offensive line and they could find a committee of running backs, I guess, with Hunt, Ford and that, certainly what Schwartz is doing with the defensive side of things, it looks like that unit's just jumping out their skin. So huge for them. But for the Titans, if you can't even get Derrick Henry going, which, again, they're probably way too reliant on him, their defense is not going to be able to do enough for him. Yeah. And it's going to be a real tough year in that regard. Um, you know, draft two rookie quarterbacks at what point? Depending on your record, do you go to one of them? Tannehill is certainly not your long-term future. Investing in Hopkins at his age is not a long-term investment either. This this might turn into a blow-up if it keeps going backwards. Yeah. Or strip it back and have a look at what you've got. But certainly got good pieces on the defensive side. You've seen that the last few years. But offensively, uh, this could be a bit of a knockdown rebuild and plan for the future if we get six or eight weeks in and their record doesn't improve. But sure. certainly a rough week um, for them. But yeah, wow, Miles Garrett. He had a day. Falcons lines twenty to six. This is probably what Dan Campbell's been looking for. 
you're talking about their defence improving. It was a bit of a struggle last year, but they certainly turned up. And probably no more example than you guys have a three-headed monster on the ground. Very, very good at moving the football, but they bottled up your run game completely. Yeah, they did. Bijan, you know, 10 for 33. Algier didn't really get going. Ritter had to throw a lot more because they couldn't get rolling. A lot of three and outs, a lot of possession and opportunities. And, and why it probably wasn't the best day for the offense of the Lions, Goff just does enough. He's efficient. Yeah. He moves the ball. Him and Laporta have struck up a good connection. Jameer Gibbs' his first sort of heavy start at running back. Got them some first downs. Amon Ra, like he's very reliant on him, but why not? Safety blanket, nine for 100. But they sort of just grinded their way to a good win and um, despite possession and opportunity for the Falcons, when you come up with seven sacks and stop the run and just bottle them up like they did, they had to settle for a couple of field goals and sort of just ease their way to a win. Yep. But... Again, I guess it's a question like, you know, steps forward for Ritter, steps back this week when your running game's not going, can you do much with your arm? Is he your answer? That's what they've got to yeah, figure out. Yeah, I think you've got to give them time. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they are at the moment. Yeah. Um, Played a good team. And for, you know, the Lions, bit of a reality check last week, but a win this week. Gibbs getting the extra touches. They saw some good moments there. Getting some crucial first downs for them. And yeah, I think on that side of things, <laughs> seeing, seeing it at, an uptick from their defense with the seven sacks, a couple of turnovers, and Hutchinson again showing some signs of life. They'd, they'd see the positive in that because a lot of last year was their offense. Yeah. And they've still got weapons to come back into that that side of the ball. But if their defense can improve and they've invested picks in it, uh, you know, they're contending for their division and a lot of people had high hopes around them. But certainly have to give a rap to Goff in his time there. Oh, He's yeah. been great. Yeah. Massive. Uh, he copped a lot of flack. <clears throat> And obviously He's done the Super Bowl that could be possibly asked of him. Went the other way, but yeah, I think they've just leaned into what he is. Yeah. He's like I said, he's efficient, he's safe, keeps drives going, lean, uses the running game well, bit of play action stuff. Uh but yeah, I, I think it looks like they they've drafted really well as well with the picks they got this year. So mm. they're another one still in progress, but some good signs there. Branch, you know, even the safety they got from Bama it was his first sort of full start, eleven tackles, come up with some big plays the first few weeks, so Looks like they got some real good additions from this year's class, which is a positive for them. Uh, Saints, Packers, 18-17. What a flip. It was 17-zip at half time. As much as their defensive line was getting at the Saints, they couldn't generate much on the offensive side of the ball. Hit Jimmy Graham, old school, um, in the red zone there. Shahid, who's been fantastic, 76-yard punt return, hits the home run, and then late. Car links up with a larvae to get him in field goal range to make it 17 zip. And then second half, it just sort of flipped. Car got taken by Rashawn Gary, who had an absolute field day. Three sacks, put him on his AC joint. Jameis came out, no turnovers, but they just couldn't get, get anything going on drives. Yeah. And with opportunities, Love, who had a terrible pick at the start of that half, uh, really stepped up, made some plays with his legs. Romeo Dobbs come up with a couple of ridiculous catches. Um, and they made some big plays. The catch by Reed as well, and like a long reaching grab. There was massive plays to steal this one. Big two, yeah. Critical two point conversion as well <laughs> to bring it within a one score game. Um, and then, yeah, the back shoulder throw to Dobbs at the end and getting it to an 18 17 game. And, and Groupie, the field goal kick that they drafted this year, hasn't missed. He's been really, really good. Got him a chance for a 46 yarder, um, but no good. And, what a comeback. First home game. Big day for <coughs> big day for Jordan Love and a big second half. Huge. Yeah, he's going good. Mm. Undefeated. <clears throat> Positives are with some of the young receivers too. Like I know Watson's out injured at the moment, but Dobbs has showed some promise. Like Reed come up with a couple of plays. Musgrave, the tight end. It's been a safety outlet for him so far. And that's still with Naran Jones. So they haven't really been able to lean into the running game either. Actually, they're not undefeated, are they? Falcons. No, they lost. Yeah. They blew one last week, similar deal, like close to a one-point yeah. turnaround. I mean, you guys pipped them, but I think, yeah, you get Jones back in to team up with Dylan. They haven't been really rolling on the ground. Um, that brings things up, but you saw... Oh, and once they do, that's only going to help Love. Yeah, exactly, and I think positive here to see was him make some plays with his legs as well. Ran one in himself, come up with a big third down run. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> wasn't, wasn't rattled in at home. We know how big the crowd is there at Lambert. But for the Saints, they're saying Carr's going to be week to week with that AC aggravation. So yeah. going to have to lean into Winston. They get Kamara 
back next week. But to be 17-zip and then go 18-17 and lose, uh, they just couldn't get the offense moving in the second half. Tough one. And for old Winston, I'm sure he had the trigger finger itch and just wanted to absolutely unleash one, but he kept it safe. But yeah, they just couldn't get a drive going. Yeah. But if he's going to take the keys from here, they have to let him go a little bit. Yeah. He right. is what he is. Mm. He's going to score your touchdowns. He might get you some turnovers, but you can't box him in. So if they've got to go that way for a three weeks, unleash Jameis. Mm. And all I can see now in my head is him doing that thing with his finger where he gets a W. Yeah. That's the best. Uh, yeah, tough one for them to lose that game in the fashion they did. But the defensive line for the, the Packers, for the most part, was probably what really kept him in up until the point where Carr was taken out of the game. But yeah, Rashawn Gary, huge day. Got an absolute sack lunch. Dolphins, Broncos, 70-20. to 20. Dear Lord, they could have got the NFL record, but they held off, <laughs> which is a very American thing to do. Coming from Australians, where you watch rugby league and a lot of our sports, if you can pile on and just destroy a team, you just do. But that's not the way in college and in, uh, NFL over there. You take your starters out and you obviously can get a bit more conservative and you don't try and run up the score. But if I was the Dolphins, I just would have kept running up the score. <laughs> that's just me. Yeah. But Especially on Sean Payton. He's had a bit a bit to say. Yeah, well... <clears throat> you know, the place is a basket case. Well, Despite the Jets and the Hackett comments or whatever else, mm-hmm. if you're going to throw that shit out there, yeah. things come back. So... Oh, and three. Did Hackett say anything this week? Probably not. No, well, they've lost as well, and things aren't going the greatest. But yeah. just like you said, generally, they throw, lost their quarterback. Sometimes when you throw stuff out there, it can come back in uh, mm. rough fashion. But for them in this case, I, I think, man, you're just sitting there defensively going, what the fuck are we doing? Can't stop the run, can't stop the pass, getting beaten on every single level, one on one tackles, outside. Blown coverages, secondary. I think the scary part here for McDaniels last year, they were all giving it to him, saying, well, he was like the run play coordinator and this, that, and the other, and a run expert, and they don't run the ball at all. They're one of the worst run teams in the comp. This year, they'd leaned into that, and they already knew how dangerous they were through the air. They, If anything, they look more dangerous on the ground. So A-Chain, who they've drafted, only got one touch last week, racks up 24 combined touchdowns. He catch pass. Mostert had four as well combined Catch pass, like they've got elite speed on the ground. Good trickery, good mo- all the sort of stuff you see with Shanahan. Yeah. Had lots of motions even there where Tua had two or three touchdowns off like shovel forward passes where jet sweep run motion type plays and neck minutes just someone busting up in the middle of the O line because blokes were breaking out into coverage singing it's a pass play. A uh, run play, sorry, but yeah, they absolutely ran a train on him. Seven hundred and twenty six yards, ten touchdowns, and that was with a bit of mercy. <laughs> so just a little bit. Again, I don't know where you go here. Things definitely aren't good when you've got like a seven-year veteran like Garrett Bowles basically say, I'm tired of losing mm. the time he's been there. And then Peyton got real snappy in the press conference, like, what's your question? When people were basically bringing up, you know, you've just been absolutely murdered. Mm. Um, but, yeah, <clears> some <throat> serious questions there. I'd like to know the last time someone considered 70 in a game. I don't, I've been watching the NFL 20 years. Oh, I can't remember. Mm. <clears throat> but... 0-3. Oh 0-3 and, oh and, and talk again about situation cap where they do go on, going forward. So, you know, guys like Sutton and Judy and that coming to the end of their rookie deals or got deals. Is there a period in the middle of the year here where they trade out a little bit of stock, try and get some picks, lean into Marvin Mims, who's been really good so far. Sertan, Johnson, the receiver, Javante back off his injury and try to take that young call forward to get some money and some picks or, you know, do they stick with what they've got? The Wilson thing, everyone's talked about. Like You can't blame him for what happened yesterday. Mm. But, you know, if they want to reshape things and he's not happy with him moving forward, come middle point of the year, what could they even get for him at this point? You've given up picks. You've given him a massive contract. So I, I don't think that's going to be easy to get away from. But in terms of some of your other capital, if you're off a couple of your defensive or offensive players and want to get some picks or money, guys like Colton Sutton and that might be trade pieces. But... Yeah, after uh, a couple of close games, this was certainly a surprise. Yeah. But for the Dolphins, yeah. I think it just confirms everyone's thoughts that they're a very scary offensive team. And if the ground game looks like yeah, that as early well... Early doors are. Yeah. Let's the, see if they're doing this at the back end of the year. If the ground game matches the, the air game, which we saw last year with Hill and Waddle and all that, they're going to be very, very hard to stop. Very hard to stop. We'll see. <clears throat> Bills, Washington... Eat my words on this one last week after the step forward and what they had with their defense, they got crunched. 
Sam Howell took as many steps back as he possibly could. Four picks. He got hit a lot of times, sacked nine times, I think 15 pressures, a fumble. He was seeing ghosts. Those blokes coming out of everywhere. Yeah, just a different class. Yeah. And on top of that, not Back end NFC, top end AFC. Bye-bye. Yeah, and not converting third and shorts this week. He was converting third and long, threw a couple of bad picks. Confidence was just shot by the end of the game. Yeah. They didn't get it going in any facet of their offense. And, you know, while their D-line got some pressures on the flip side of Allen, you know what Allen does best with his legs? He moves. He avoids pressure. So why he didn't have the greatest of days, their defense turned up in a big way. Four takeaways, pick six at the end for Epinesa was the one that summed it all up. Um, Russo, <laughs> Oliver, Bernard, guys that they've drafted in the last couple of years, really turn up in a big way. Allen had one with the arm, one with the legs. and Latavius Murray, <laughs> been to a lot of teams, the power back, he punched one in. Cook, his role <laughs> continues to grow, so uh, second week in a row for them. Decent win, racked up some points, and you know a different part of their team stepped forward to be the dominant piece, which this week was the D, and still Von Miller to come into that defense. Yeah. So for them, I think they'd be happy with what they've seen with those rookies, and they've been crying out for those guys. They invested in their D-line. Yeah. Wanted to see a step up, and they got it there. But yeah, for Washington, you're, you're a bit of back to square one and waiting for next week, I guess, after the positives of last week. That was a real reality check. Absolutely. <clears throat> Cardinals, Cowboys. Massive upset. Wow. And even funnier because you like you don't get to see everything during the week, but there's some stuff posted afterwards about Micah on his podcast saying that you know I'm firing darts all day at Dobbs and Dobbs put a video of him up sidestepping darts and things coming at him. But yeah, that, that, you can't question the effort so far for them. Everyone was assuming it was an automatic tank for Caleb Williams. They've tried to win everything so far. Mm. They really have. I know last week they ran out of petrol, but. There were some huge, huge plays here. Like Dobbs with that 43-yard run when he looked like he was under the pump. Field goal, like James Conner had a big day. They got creative on the ground. They got a, you know Rondell Moore in for a couple of runs, one that he ripped off for a 43-yarder. Their offensive line was great. They just pounded the rock. Yeah. Put Dallas on the back foot. They bottled up Micah and made the others come for him. The rest of the defensive line couldn't make an impact. Diggs tore his ACL during the week. The secondary was a little more porous. They got them a few times as well. Um, but, you know, they're tough. They look like they're playing hard for their coach guys that are there and what they've stripped back and bits they've traded off are obviously there for the right reasons and they're trying to build something. Mm. And it's looking really positive. And it's probably all summed up what we've been waiting for and said the last two weeks is without Dak having to be the real focal point, things look positive, but they needed him to make some plays and be the focal point and execute in the red zone and didn't happen. The pick he threw on the last play was a shocker. Yeah. It wasn't going to affect the result because they were down by 12, but he threw it into triple coverage. There was two other guys out in the flat that were single, and the one he picked out where Kazir White picked it off to finish it was legit three men just emerging on the ball. Yeah. So, it was just ugly all around. Not a great day. Uh, Pollard <laughs> bottled up a little bit but got going. Defense, not a great day. Like we said, couldn't get to it. The line did a great job. They'd be stoked with their pick. Paris Campbell, or sorry, Paris, I can't remember if it was that or Paris. Mixing up him and the receiver, sorry. Uh, the lineman from Ohio State. And it's those sort of foundation pieces that if you get things right, put you in good stead. Still got to see what happens with Kyler Murray later in the year. Wouldn't surprise me if they moved on from him, regardless of whether they're in the Caleb Williams stakes or not in that contract. Yeah. It's sort of part of that old regime with Kime and, um, you know, their old coach. So don't know quite how that works, but... In terms of startups here and buying into a changing culture, things look really positive for the Cardinals early. So, yeah, interested to keep watching them. And Raptor Dobbs, guy that's been at a few teams and been mostly a backup, but he's tough. He is tough. And he's efficient. Knows what he is. Mm. Yeah, 100%. Lean into what they are. And, uh, yeah, for the Cowboys, reality check. Certainly read into their impress the first few weeks. And saw afterwards, oh, we're missing Lyman and other people as well. Well, this team's traded away picks coming into the season. Yeah, Stripped bare bones, and I'm one of the ones as well that thought they were a definite tank, but any given Sunday, as they you. say. Mm, I'm with you. Mm. Panthers, Seahawks. Nah, definitely not. 37-27. The old red rifle, Dalton. He was <laughs> in this week. Bryce Young injured. Um, 58 throws. Certainly got a little bit happening in that regard, but again, this one was a bit of an arm wrestle, back and forth, lots of field goals. Geno Smith couldn't really get going early. Bit of a 
poor one that he threw to the veteran Dayon Jones in a pick. Um, yeah, it was very, very ugly. And Myers, five from five on the field goals, had a busy day. Another one in terms of special teams and, and kicking. But then they got going on the ground. Kenneth Walker, Charbonnet is a bit of an, an accessory piece on top of that. He punched a couple in. Sanders late got one at 22-20. Got tight again, but Walker punched in another on the ground where they sort of just found that balance. Another late touchdown to get to 37-20, and by that point, it was well out of reach. They got a garbage time. One to Thielen, who had a big day with Andy Dalton, but it's certainly been a tough start for Carolina. Yeah. In last week's game, and to have Young hurt injury, and I know again, the ground's not really got going. Like we said, the weapons probably aren't the greatest. They've got some good pieces on D, but yeah, I think again, it's sort of one of these situations where you look and say, well, we've got a quarterback we can work with. We've got a few young pieces on defense. We drafted a couple on the O-line. I think it's looking more and more like that it's just a development year really for Bryce Young. And again, get into free agency, put your money towards that, see what you can do with your draft picks and try and retool. Yeah. It does absolutely looks that way. While they try hard, and they have tried hard each week so far, it's, yeah, you're not, not moving forward again with Dalton and Thielen and a few guys. It sort of looks like a supplementary year to build up the base of the draft picks that they've got. Yeah, I thought they'd be much better, but... Yeah, not the greatest so far. But yeah, for the Hawks, rough start. But now they've got two in a row. Secondary's a bit beaten up, so they'll obviously be waiting for that side. But they can move the ball on the ground. That side certainly saved Gino so far. Hasn't had the greatest start as compared to last year. But yeah, with DK and Lockett and and Smith and Jigba hasn't had the greatest start either. I thought he'd be a bigger piece. They've still got a little bit of growth there. Fair bit to work with. Yeah. Bears, Chiefs, well, this one more comes off what I said last week. The comments from Fields I found very, very interesting, and it probably wasn't the week to speak like that because <laughs> they got absolutely smacked in the mouth. Yeah, they did. This was embarrassing. Um, yeah, sweet pass early for like McKinnon on a trick play. Alaire runs one in. Then they got him out on the flat again. I think Fields was like two from four. They couldn't run, couldn't pass, couldn't get anything going. Long one to Watson, 21 zip it was. Then they got a fumble recovery, field goal, and you thought from there, oh, yeah, that'll be 24 zip going at half time. But no, nah. Fields with a tipped pick on a high throw gives them another opportunity. Pacheco punches one. It was 31 nil at half time. They could literally not move the ball. Ugly, man. It was very <laughs> ugly. Um, they hit a field goal again early, 34-20. Oh, sorry, that was again before the half as well. They got another opportunity. And then start the half the same way they finished it. Throws a bomb to Valdez Scantling. Gets Kelsey in in front of T-Swift and everyone goes absolutely nuts at 41 zip. And then they took their starters out because there was no point. Yeah. So talk about a big day at Arrowhead and all the talk and stuff around that. And their big players come to play. And week two of having Chris Jones back, you see how good that defense is when everything's in place and the difference that Kelsey makes to that offense and just opening things up for the other players around him and the threat that he is. With Mahomes, it was good to see some of their running backs and other pieces get moving as well. But for the Bears, um, yeah, it was, it was a weird week. Those comments about coaches and playing freer and then to come out and really just look lost and have a lack of confidence. And, you know, they're beaten by a very, very good team. But, yeah, uh, regardless of whether he wanted to speak his mind or he's not happy about something, it, it probably wasn't the week to do it. Certainly wasn't, my friend. And the other thing, a lot of people saying they need to play this way or play him in... You know, a run-heavy offense or RPR. Like, I think, I don't know how much more you could do for him. He is what he is. He's an athlete. He knew what he was. He's a he freak of an athlete, but yeah. I don't know if at this point, this many years in, they can blame all of it on the organization. I'll admit their O-line and some of the players the first two years weren't the greatest, but mm. they signed him commit as a safety blanket. They traded for DJ Moore. They traded for Claypool. They've put a bit of investment in the line. They've had a couple of okay running backs, but... You know, no matter what sort of offense they've put around him so far, he's still very inconsistent with his arms and his decision-making. Yeah, You've seen other guys that are quarterbacks in as bad, if not similar situations, do better than what he has after four years in the league. Mm. So they're going to have some serious questions like we spoke about in the preseason about what they do moving forward. And it's yeah. certainly not going to be an extension or a long-term extension. They might take his fifth-year option. They might try and come up with something. Maybe they try to trade him. Someone else thinks they can do something with him. I don't know. Purely on the physical talent. But 
yeah, I, you can certainly give some blame to the Bears and organisational change on what's going on. And maybe the first two years for a lack of pieces, but you'd still want to see more by year four. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, not a great week for Justin Fields, let's put it that way. No. Not a great week at all. But for the Chiefs, awesome after a tough start. Um, and, yeah, just a great day all around. They were good on the ground, good in the air, great by their defense, and 450 yards, 41 zip, and get take all your starters off. Blaine Gabbert come in through a couple of picks. Doesn't matter. Mm. That's the beauty when you absolutely just towel up a team at your home ground. And any rest is good rest in... The NFL. Yeah, exactly so, right. Huge plus for the Chiefs there with that big home win. Steelers Raiders 28-18. This was literally just Devontae Day. Jimmy G just... Anytime he had the rock, he was looking at Devontae. I think yeah. he had 20 targets. Yeah. But this also speaks... Mm, this also speaks to where their team's at, though, like we talked about in the preview. And they've got the rushing champion, but the O-line's not great. The defense isn't great, but Crosby and maybe one or two other pieces. Jimmy G certainly trying, but he, yeah, he was pressured, and anytime he sort of feels pressure, he can panic. One of the picks was a Barry. The other one, you know, three men coming at him, throws in a double coverage, but yeah, good start. Early touchdown, put a bit of scoreboard pressure on. The clunky offense of the Steelers, which has been the worry. Still didn't really get going on the ground, but a little bit of love with the passing game. Pickett opened up a nice midfield bomb. Charles Austin, he absolutely carted away. Um, and then at the back end of the game, linked up with Frymuth, rolled out, get him out in the play action. Pretty good in that regard as well. And um, for them, no surprise, their defense again comes up big. TJ Watt is a freak. Yeah, he is. Fitzpatrick, uh, Levi Wallace got a pick. Fitzpatrick, uh, a couple of good plays. Watt, forced fumble, a couple of sacks, takeaways. They're, they're big on... Big on the defensive side, and, and Boswell drew it a 57-yarder as well, which helped to get him out to the lead where they got to 23-7. But, yeah, it sort of felt like for the first week they got a little bit going on the ground. Still wasn't the greatest day, but with that, took a bit of pressure off Pickett, opened up their passing game a little bit, and you saw probably more of what people took hope out of their preseason with. Yeah. So still need to work on that side of the game, but, yeah, certainly it's their defense to lean into. For the Raiders, you make such a positive start. But, yeah, other than Devontae's day, sort of went backwards from there. The two picks from Jimmy G under pressure, not the greatest. The one to Peterson was literally just throwing an A-man's lean off the back foot. Again, couldn't get Jacobs going on the ground. And three turnovers, uh, it's never a good thing. And they're in that spot like we talked about with a lot of teams. They, they came into the season off the back of what's happened with Gruden in the last couple of years and draft picks and issues there. First year round picks out, a couple of bad contracts out, tight cap, um, some big deals and in a bit of a transition. Jimmy G's there for a year. Jacobs is back on a tag, but not locked in. Devontae's really the one on a big salary. They offloaded Waller as well. Does he want to be there if this is the way things are going to keep going? This may be another team that come mid-season might have a couple of pieces that are on the trading block if things go backwards. Mm. But tough for McDaniels. Second gig you've taken. Not going the greatest. It's year two. Um, you'd like to think they'll stay patient, but who knows? It is the NFL. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's going to be difficult. Mm. So I have to see how things play out for them in the next couple of weeks. But uh, yeah, yeah will they make a move? Will they not make a move? Bit of a tough spot and interest to where they land mid season. But this one was a tough watch. Pats, Jets, 15 10. Uh, the ugly. Very ugly. Less Mac, which is a positive. 35 runs. A bit more balance to the offense in that regard. You know, Zeke Elliott, probably his best game. Ramon J got going a little bit. Third down, still pretty efficient in that regard, which obviously helps when you've got the ball in play and you can move the ball on the ground. But, yeah, I think frustrating day. And you saw it on the Jets' sideline. A couple of players arguing um, with the coaches. Michael Carter got a bit frustrated and, Wilson, no picks, but they struggle to move the ball. With the struggle to move the ball, less threat with your running game as well. That's been pretty much non-existent since week one. But I also think a lot of this, I know he's copping a fair bit, but they talked about this coming into the preseason, even with Rodgers. Their own line's not great. And I'm not saying that's the reason he hurt his Achilles, but go back and watch the three plays before he hurt his Achilles. Every play, he was under duress. Yeah. 
There's a good reason. Yeah, for they, that. well, they knew that prior to it. Yeah, and that's not blaming Wilson for what's going on now, but it certainly doesn't help if you're a long can't protect you. Because Rogers can make up for a lot of that, sure, but he can't make up for it with a snap Achilles. But Wilson's not Rogers, and if you know he's not a threat, and the O line shit house as is, it doesn't matter if you have got Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook. They can't move the ball on the ground. They can't move the ball through the air. Correct. And as much as they lean into this fantastic defense they've got, like we've said before, if you're leaning on that week to week to week, there's just fatiguing games. They don't control possession. They don't move the chains. They don't rest those guys. And as the year goes on, it's just going to get harder for the defensive side of the ball. Exactly. And the Patriots' offense is certainly by no means anything special, but they had enough here to frustrate them, get enough first downs. And the only real big chunk play they got was Farrow on his long touchdown. Other than that, it was a clunky game with field goals and busted drives. Mm-hmm. So wasn't one uh, to take. And probably what really summed up the frustration at the end was Judon getting the safety to make it 15. Yeah. You know, and they had a Hail Mary on the last play, which got tipped in near the hands of Cobb, almost a snatched one. But again, we push up that timeline week to week. I'm just going to keep watching the Jets to see what they do. Because even now, like talking about, like I said about Rodgers, I don't even know if getting a good quarterback is going to fix that problem. No, well, that's probably what they're looking at. But again, they've pushed you know, so far in. If they know he's going to be back next year, I think the big thing they need to address, they've got Wilson. The other receivers probably aren't the greatest. They've got definitely got a couple of good running backs. Um, yeah, guys like Beckton, Vera Tucker, the guys they've tried to rely on their O-line, they need to address that. Yeah, they do. You're if right. that part is solved and your quarterback's upright and your running game's good, you know, I think Mahomes is showing they don't need the best receivers. <laughs> you can manage that if you've got time and space and you can run the ball. Yeah. But if you're constantly under duress and you can't run or stand in the pocket, it's not going to matter who you've got catching the football. Yeah, it's going to make things um, harder. So, yeah, I think for them even this year, that's probably the bigger <laughs> glaring issue that's continuing to stand out. But we'll see how long they do persist with Wilson or if they do throw their hat in the ring. For the Pats, I uh, didn't take a whole lot away from that other than the fact they got the ball moving on the ground and a couple less throws, but it wasn't wasn't pretty. <laughs> Very reliant on their defense. Judon's already got four sacks. Gonzalez, the rookies, looked pretty good. Linebackers are okay, but yeah, no surprise to see that's the side of the ball that they lean into as well. Yeah, exactly. Chargers, Vikings. The battle of the 0-2s now, 0-3 Vikings, and I keep saying it, said it in the offseason, they won nine or ten games last week by less than one score. Three games in, three losses, all one score. Yeah. Sort of been flipped on its head. Similar deal. They're one of these teams that come in, cap pressure, got rid of Cook, got rid of Thielen, made some space, lend into Osborne, drafted Addison, who looks good, paid Hawkinson, got Jefferson. They've got weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, the ground game hasn't exactly looked the greatest so far, but, you know, Kirk and the receivers moved the ball. But defense, again, not the greatest, a bit leaky, and chance to win right at the end from Brandon Staley somehow thinking it was smart to run on a fourth and one with a minute and a bit to go and inside his own 24 and turn the ball over, he fucking dodged a bullet. Because <laughs> that is the dumbest shit I've ever seen. And yeah. people talk about analytics, sometimes forget analytics, just use common sense. If you're sure. a defensive coach and you've got players on your defense like we've talked about, pump the ball away, back your defense to stop them. Instead, he put him in a goal line situation where it come up with a tip pick, thank God but he handed the Vikings a golden opportunity to steal that game. And again, it would have been blamed on Herbert like a lot of people are saying, oh, Herbert, this doesn't mean big games. He's got fourth quarter comebacks and everything's on that bloke's arm. And he, this game was on his arm again. Yeah. They didn't run the ball. Yeah. He went 300 plus yards. He hit Allen. He hit Williams for a long game before he did his ACL, which is also going to be you know massive for them. Huge impact on their season. But he couldn't have done any more. <laughs> and that's a bit of the problem here, what we talk about. This window on him is going to be wasted because he's contracts due. As soon as that happens, the same thing we've said before, then you can't have three good receivers. You can't have multiple running backs. You can't spend that money on your defense. So I don't know how this year plays out, but they're seriously going to have to look at their coach. Massively. Yeah, they are. And for the Vikings, I think this is a tough spot for them again. Good moves, good drafting the last couple of years to keep things alive and have this window and they've lost in playoffs, but they've sort of hit that point as well where it's like, well, can you afford to pay that much guaranteed money to Kirk Cousins, Jefferson, and then not much else? So I wouldn't be getting rid of Jefferson at his age. No. Kirk's probably the piece there, but then it's, okay, what do we get? Who's the buyer? In for Kirk. I think, yeah, they're more likely to be able to get rid of him, you know, now 
That's what I mean. I think someone like the Jets might push all in and be able to take a contract like that for the rest of the year because I think it's only a one-year deal with the... I'd have to look at Spotrack again, but I think the way they said the money was structured and that, it's basically this year and then you can get out of it. Yeah, there you go. So it's lots of guarantees, but... Um, and then for them, if you are went through, is there more pieces to trade away? Is there a bit more you can do? Because mm. you've certainly got... Addison's been good so far. Osborne's shown enough. You know you've got Jefferson, so you've got weapons there in Hawkinson. The only question for them, I don't think they're in a spot with the amount of talent they've got to be a team that's in the hunt for Caleb Williams. But they're talking about four or five quarterbacks being pretty decent in this next class. Maybe not yeah. the Williams standard, but is that the way they look? That we've pretty toured up on this side of the ball. We might need a bit of help on the ground or on defense, but can we get a good quarterback? And go again, knowing that we've got 30, 40 million extra in cap space to address some needs. Or is there other pieces here we can strip out? Is Daniel Hunter, who's a bit older, injury-prone, had some contract, someone we can get some value for? Like, is there something else if they keep going in the way they're going? I, I don't know. But they showed in the off-season that they tried to retool with Cook, Thielen, and that to open up some space to maintain. But, yeah, at 0-3, their division's certainly still open. But we know in the NFL, like I said, it's not like the NRL that we watch for 24 rounds at 16 weeks. That's right. And yeah, to be in this hole right here, it's not very often that teams come back from 0-3 to make the playoffs. No, it's not. You're right. It's so fine. questions for them will be upcoming if results don't turn. And, yeah, for the Chargers, 1-2, and two, but the the machine gun is certainly not off Brendan Staley just yet. Hmm. Let's put it that way. But, man, Keenan Allen, dude, just is a fucking magnet for the ball. Honestly, 20 targets, plenty of big plays. Williams is going to be a big loss. They're going to have to lean into Quinton, who they drafted from TCU, their first-round pick, Palmer. Those guys are going to have to step up. Herbert's building a pretty good connection with Parham, the big six foot eight tight end in the red zone. The last few weeks, he's hit him right on the number a few times, and he's got four touchdowns. Doesn't use him anywhere else, bar the red zone, really. But, yeah, um, he's going to have to lean more on those guys with Williams being gone now because he's a huge player yeah. for their offense. Texas Jags want to talk about another upset, but I, I guess we shouldn't be surprised with the AFC South. But man, CJ Stroud continues to impress. Yeah, going really, really well. Rookie record. He, I think it was the third most yards in the first three games, 906. We talked the last few weeks that he looked pretty good despite duress, moves out of the pocket well, avoids pressure, makes good throws, and continue to do so in this game. 280 yards. Two TDs, continue to move well in the pocket. And I think for them, they're just seeing a lot of positives in their young guys. Like Tank Dell has had two big weeks now, another rookie. Collins, the third-year receiver, less targets this week, but safe. Anderson, who they traded back up for, block field goal. They were decent in the red zone. Um, yeah, and then, then you flip things and you go the other way with the Jags. And it's similar last week. They had red zone opportunities. They come up with three field goals. <laughs> Couldn't get points. And here again today... Had some good moments, moved the ball at times, but red zone. Just turning drives into points. It's not happening. Yeah, it's true. So that's something they're certainly going to have to address. And, you know, defense on that side, they got Walker, high pick. Oliquan obviously does a lot of cleanup work, but that was a positive for them last year. Probably haven't been effective on that side of the ball, not getting the quarterback as much, not getting takeaways. Don't know if that's putting pressure on him, but. Yeah, like Lawrence hasn't been bad per se, but yeah, they're certainly not taking advantage of opportunities and putting points on the board. And they got blown out in this one, 37-17, which I certainly didn't see coming. Mm. But, mm. So, mm. it's a division that's certainly open. That's the one upside for them. But again, this is a head-to-head divisional game. These are the ones that hurt. They're the most important. Yeah, exactly. So, right. well and truly open, but the Colts, sort of the sneak, he comes through the back door. The one that everyone had put the pen through. They've emerged. They have. Texans take this one off the Jags. Yeah. Jags are, uh, yeah, I mean, sort of... It's always way, isn't it? Just spike up. AFC South. Fuck me. Just like the NFC South. I don't know what it is about the two South divisions, but between those two, it's always very unpredictable. But great result for the Texans. And if you're D'Amico Ryan, you're happy with what you've seen the first few weeks. Absolutely. To have Pierce, a couple of young receivers, rookie quarterback, few good young pieces on D. I'm sure we'll only see more and more when Petre's back healthy. Derek Stingley, who they took as a high pick from LSU a couple of years ago, there's a real good foundation there. And <laughs> if you trade it out, like we said, pieces and you've got cap space and you've got money and you've got picks upcoming, 
if they do well in this next free agency class, build off a really good year here and add to that a little bit more, um, yeah. you know, Texans could be heading into a, a nice little period under Stroud and Ryan. Big time. So, yeah. yeah, Jags, Peterson, good year last year, but a little bit of worries after blowing this one. But mm, I think if they can sort out those issues on offense, the sooner, sooner the better. It hasn't quite been as efficient this year with Ingram. Kirk, you know, to add Ridley, and if anything, they've got better on offense. So you would have probably expected another step forward. Yeah, exactly. But at the moment, so it's, uh, it's not quite happening. Eagles, Bucks, twenty-five, eleven. Look, haven't been pretty. Wasn't Hertz's best game again, but they know what they're good at. <laughs> they're good on the ground. They yeah. move the ball. Their offensive lines are fucking grading road grader. They put holes in everybody. Swift looks like he's slowly taking control of the lead back role. He had another big day. Anytime they're in one yard, you know what's coming and you can't stop it. Hurts and that rugby scrum they basically put on. Um, the two picks weren't the greatest, but then his D-line's just ridiculous. Yeah. The two blokes they got from Georgia, Carter come up with some big plays. Nolan Smith slowly getting more and more involved, and they're already stacked on that side of the ball. The holes that they might have at linebacker and secondary, I'm sure they'll work on across the year, but O-line... D-line and the offense will continue to improve. Um, they're 3-0 and without really playing outstanding football yet. That's the scary part. <laughs> and for the Bucks, thought Mayfield again, like tried, he made some plays, come up with some good moments, but the D-line's just too much to overcome. They couldn't move the ball on the ground. That puts pressure on him. Evans dropped a certain touchdown. There was also a big play made up by the corner. He hit him with another one for a third down that was sort of tipped. Um... Yeah, but when you've got no running game and it's all coming off your arm and you're constantly under pressure, it just tells as the game goes on. Um, on the flip, their D's not that bad, but yeah, they had a hell of a time trying to stop the Eagles from running the ball. They did, yeah. So, yeah, AJ Brown, huge day after they supposedly had their little tiff last week, but similar deal again. 40 minutes of possession, run game, keeping the ball going and capped it all off with a nice safety from Morrow, who... Did outstanding to jump the coverage and get through. And yeah, I, I think Hurts can only get better because people, like you said, get video and see what they did last year. Probably seen yeah. a little bit with his throwing game. Like that side of things is where they obviously can get to him, not his running game. Just going to, yeah, he's going to evolve. But I have to adjust. Yeah. While they've got these two lines doing the job they're doing, they're only going to get better on the Absolutely. offensive side as well. Yeah. So exactly. they're not the finished product, far from. Bucks first loss. Uh, we'll see how they bounce back next week, but they've been pretty good up to this point. Okay, yeah. To, to be two on one, they'd be right with that. Mm, I thought they were pretty competitive here again. Yeah, they were. If I'm being honest, more competitive than what I thought they were. And what else am I missing here? Looking at it on my chicken scratch. Uh, last one was where we started. Rams Bengals. Two teams that both needed. Oh, sorry, the Bengals certainly needed to win more than the Rams. Rams had punched above what people expected so far. And, I only can describe this again as ugly mm. and very reliant on field goal kickers. McPherson come up with a, a few long ranges and kept them in, in the mix here. And Burrow, regardless of injury, uh, you know, toughed it out, mixing okay down the ground, but he leaned into Chase and really targeted him. He got 12 targets, plenty of yards, but their defense turned up today. Yeah. Stafford started off pretty efficient, distributing, moving the ball again like they did, but then they got to him late. Got some pressure. Hendrickson, Hubbard, Reader, etc. Six acts, a couple of picks, turnovers, and that ends up being the difference. Still only finished within three, but yeah, big effort by their defense, their special teams. And Burrow hindered, but you know, did enough to manage the game, and uh, they banked enough points and got a win. And their division's still open. Ravens have that upset loss. Steelers, you know, still floating out the wind. They grab one here after two division losses to start the year. So AFC North, we know, is always tough. But if you're looking at it now after the few weeks and how hard that division is, it's probably the Browns that are standing out at the moment. Yeah, they are, yeah. Because D-line, O-line, Deshaun's still got improvement left in him. But, yeah, it's it was a must win for the Bengals. If they were 0-3. Well, yeah, it's probably almost curtains, isn't it? But, yeah. Yeah, dug themselves out of that, that hole. Mm. Um. Yeah, some good moments still again with Atwell and Nakua late, but yeah, didn't really get things going on the ground. And Stafford, once that pressure came and he got hit a few times, a few picks, uh, not the greatest day for the Rams, but again, good nuisance value and more than what people expected this year. Massive. 16, no, 19-16 up against uh, one of his former assistants, McVeigh. So, 
Yeah. That's another week in the NFL, my friend. It is. But Dolphins, Eagles, 49ers undefeated. Couple of 0-3s. Can't see the Broncos or the Bears, Panthers getting any better. The Vikings surprises me. They shouldn't be 0-3. They shouldn't be, but like you said last week, just those teams... It swings in the NFL, doesn't it? Had the close wins last year, don't always get them this year. And, mm. and, and it's decisions. Funny how that, that evens out and happens across the course of a few years. Mm. Decisions in this sport compared to like our one, the NRL, where everything's contracted, there's no trades or movements. There's yeah. a few teams there in cap situations or where they are who have got you know decisions that need to be made probably mid year. Yeah. The Vikings are one of those teams now that have to assess the pieces they've got and what the right moves are cap wise. Is yeah. it trying to get younger at quarterback? And someone who can manage so they can put more pieces in around it. They've already got really good receivers. Mm. Can they upgrade elsewhere? The Broncos, like he's inherited that situation. He's talked a bit of smack. He's obviously going to get time paid to turn it around. But similar deal. Is there a few pieces there that he doesn't want? Can he cash out on a few contracts or players that weren't his and try and retool a little bit this year? Well, I don't know. Yeah, um, good point. And for the Bears, like I don't think you're going to go away from Fields, but again, long term. Well, I think they probably will at the end of the year. Yeah, you know, from those comments and the situation there, you know, for them, building things, most cap space, lots of draft picks. Maybe they go to the draft again as well. Yeah. Things go bad, they might say, "Tata, Justin, thanks for the four years." Um, well, they're gonna... not. They didn't pick him, right? So. Well, not polls in this regime. No. I think polls come in maybe That's the year the thing, after, man. and he's trying to strip it out and like said Roquan or whatever they've had there and the, the pieces that they have moved on they've, they've aimed for picks and cap space yeah so they're coming into this off season loaded in both regards again if they have a bad enough record they're another team that could be looking at Caleb Williams if their record keeps going yeah. the same way they could end up cashing out to the next best thing and being able to tool up for him so yeah I think their situation is looking more and more in that way uh, and your other ones the Jets we, we talked about it week to week I'm just waiting to hear about trade alert hmm for a quarterback, but who do you get? Do you think you can win? Is there enough to rescue the season? Does taking a massive cap hit with someone like a Kirk Cousins for the rest of the season make sense or not? It's got to be. Uh, you need to. You need to work out whether you feel as though you can win this year. I don't. Because otherwise, can. it doesn't really make much sense, does it? No, and that's why I'm sort of sitting here now thinking. Well, other than that, and you've got young guys and a couple of guys locked up on deals. There's a few they don't have to pay right now. My my bigger focus would be: can we get better on the O line? Yeah, and then coming in next year if Rogers is coming back can we get that sorted and maybe another receiver yeah because I know he wanted Lazard and Cobb and that but besides Wilson you can't really say that that crash on that side of the ball either <laughs> but yeah that's about all I have what about yourself you got anything else no well, I didn't watch as much this week as what I did last week so let's have a look then at the week to come and see about those matchups so Detroit at Green Bay, divisional game. That's tough. That'll be a cracker. Really good games always. Uh, like I said, I've been really impressed with Love and the Packers so far. I think, yeah. again, if they can get Jones back and get the running game going, could be uh, could be a very interesting team to look at for at the back end of the season. But tough one to tip. Mm. So it's that Lambo. I'll go Detroit. Detroit at Lambeau. Yeah, well, they went in there last year and got them, didn't they? I think at the moment, I'm, I'm similar to you. Lambeau's a tough place to go, but I'll, I'll stick with Detroit as well. But very close. They're $1.79, 203 for the Packers. Uh, probably started off closer to a pick but slide outsiders at home. Falcons-Jags, tough one as well, after what you saw last week. And Jags so far, they've been in all their games. It's just about putting points on the board. Yeah. You're waiting for that side of things to sort of tick over. Falcons, the the run got completely stuffed last week, but this is at Jags. Um, they're the favourite, and I'll probably get lean that way. I think this is sort of a week where they have to win. Agree. Yeah. So I'll go the Jags, not with a lot of confidence, but they're a dollar fifty six. Falcons yeah. two forty three. Yeah, three and a half. Uh, huge game again. You want to talk about cracking matchups this week? Dolphins Bills. That's at. That's huge. Yeah. At the Bills. So, New Era Stadium. It's not the cold part of the year yet, so it's not a bad time to be going if you're the Dolphins. If you're going to the peak of winter, it's completely different, much like going to Miami earlier in the year. Yeah. But these are the two teams in the East. Yeah. Rogers going now. Pats are an afterthought. 
yeah. high octane offenses. You know, Bills showing signs of life on the defensive side of the ball. We know that Fangio's there for the Dolphins. That side of the ball should get better, but this this is the East right here. Yeah, and this is two AFC contenders going head to head. Um, from what I've seen so far, I'll go the Dolphins, and they're the outsider. Two twenty-seven, dollar uh, sixty-four favorite of the Bills. Two and a half the line. I think for me, just yeah. Going Bills. Offensively at the moment, they're just absolutely firing all the signals. I think the Bills have got a little bit more to improve on that side of the ball, but this one, like you're talking about the two games straight away, Lions, Packers, Bills, Dolphins, they're the first ones I'm watching. Yeah. Yeah. On the the, the, the old uh, game pass, that's for sure. Steelers, Texans, uh, interesting again with what we said, we've seen this improvement from the Texans. It's at Houston. Steelers are slight favourites, dollar sixty three. But again, I, I, this wouldn't surprise me if the Texans won on the outside, from what they've showed so far. No. So a bit clunky for the Steelers on the offensive side of the ball. They still can't run the ball. That was the first sort of week they got a little bit going on the ground. Um, Stroud's not struggling to move the ball. Those receivers, like he may be under pressure, but the fact he's young, he's got the legs, operates well, keeps himself out of duress. Yeah. This is obviously a different challenge against Watt, Highsmith, and the players they've got, but. Certainly don't think they're without a chance. Mm. Yeah, I'll, I'll go Pittsburgh. Mm. <clears throat> Rams. Yeah, you're right. They're certainly playing above expectation. Yeah, good young pieces. Uh, Rams, Colts, again. Well, yeah. Tough well, one because these are two teams you didn't expect to be playing the way they are, but they are. I'll it's, go the Rams in that one. Is that the Colts? Um, so I don't know about Richardson have looked at the injury designations it's obviously early in the week as well so you're not going to know yeah. uh, it's a long way away but Rams $2 outsiders at the moment $1.80 uh, the Colts whether they've got Richardson or not I think the fact you know leaning into Moss who's been a good workhorse got some good guys on the defensive side of the ball Franklin Buckner etc and yeah I think Minshew's more than capable to yeah. do a job he's one of those guys <laughs> I sort of look at when you talk about trades for the Jets doesn't cost you a lot, but is it worth it? That's all. Yeah. He probably doesn't cost you a lot on the cap or draft-wise, but I think in terms of starters, it's certainly, I think it'd be an upgrade in terms of running a whole offense, being competent. Yeah, it's fair. But, yeah, he's been a competent backup at a few places now. Did a good job at Philly. Did a good job at Jacksonville when he got a start when he was the backup. But, yeah, for here, if this is the guy they've got traded out whenever Richardson's banged up, certainly someone you can look at. That's a tough one. Vikings Panthers, I think this will be their first win. It's at the Panthers, but yeah, they're a bit of a cap gun on offense at the moment. <laughs> their defense isn't the greatest. If there's one thing you know about the Vikings, they can move the ball. Their defense hasn't been great so far, but old Super Kirk, Jefferson, Osborne, Addison, Hawkinson, he's got weapons. Yeah, I think this will be their first win of the season. They're a dollar fifty-one, two fifty-six. The Panthers, Bucks and Saints divisional game. Winston starting against his old team, dollar sixty at home at the Superdome. Uh, but yeah, the Bucks certainly no pushover. That's a hard one to pick as well. Yeah, it is. And divisional games, like we said, you, you can basically take form out of it when it's a divisional game. Head to head, I probably lean towards the home team. Winston can certainly do some things at times. Got Alave, got Thomas, got Shahid. They've certainly got some weapons there. Maybe things get a bit looser. Kamara back in the mix. At home, but again, Bucks wouldn't surprise me as an outsider. Yeah, geez, that's a tough one. But I'll I'll, I'll stick with the Saints defense. Uh, I'll go Bucks. Two dollars thirty-five with Bucks, dollar sixty Saints. Commanders Philly again off the back of last week, and like you said, the gap between divisions, top end, bottom end. They're heading Philly at Philly. Good luck. Mm. That's a buzzsaw. Yeah. I think the one thing for them, they certainly lean into the running game. That D-line doesn't give up much, but passing-wise, persistence, possession, and what they do with their defensive line, I think Sam Howell's going to be running for his life. <laughs> so if it's like last week again and he showed under pressure what he does, he threw four picks. Yeah. So forget the back end of their defense. I think their D-line will slowly wear down because they're just going to spend way too much time on the field. So I think Philly come up big in that one. Um, again, I know that's a divisional game, NFC East, but... Yeah, that's a big ask. Dollar twenty three favorite four twenty, Commanders, Denver against the Bears. So someone is going to be off the duck egg this week. You'd have to say Denver. I know they got pumped by Troll seventy, way. but the Bears. Is it Bears Denver? Jeez. It's at Chicago, Soldier Field. But 
I yeah, I, I can't tip the Bears. I know they got beat by 70, but their first two games were somewhat competitive. They have to win. They have to. Where is it at? Soldier Field? Soldier Field. I'll go Bears. They're $2.40 outsider. Denver, $1.58. Ravens-Browns, another absolute cracker in division. Ravens need to bounce back off last week. Browns still building. Um, Lamar was good with his legs last week. I tell you what, he's going to need to have his head on this week because that D-line and Miles Garrett, they're moving. <laughs> that secondary's been good. Del Pitt, um, Swartz has done a hell of a job. Uh, if they can figure out their running back situation with some of the injuries on the flip for Baltimore defensively and on the offensive line, they're the favourite at home at a dollar sixty-eight. We know again divisions are always tough, but I sort of like Cleveland so far. Things are building nicely. Just get things right with the Sean and a little bit more from your offense, and uh, they look like they've got a lot of positives otherwise. But Cincy against the Titans, slight favourites again. Team that couldn't move the ball. Last week, a bit of improvement from the Bengals' defense. Burrow, still under a cloud, but you'd think from the Titans' side of things, if you can't move the ball, if Cincy's defense can replicate a little bit of last week and get a bit more out of their running game, keep Burrow upright, you'd think they'd have enough offensively here to win that one. You would think so. So, it's at Tennessee. It's never an easy place to go, but dial 72. The Bengals, 213 on the outside there. Uh, Raiders, Chargers... Divisional, but man, yeah, the Raiders, it's its looking pretty grim so far. The Chargers are a special at blowing a game, though. Or losing one they're not supposed to. Yeah. They're $1.37 favourite. I'll back them, but again, divisional game. A lot of matchups this week. That's a tough one. Raiders could come up and shock them, but yeah, very Devontae reliant. <laughs> Interesting to see, like we said, no Williams. Uh, Quick Jefferson, Palmer, someone step up there in that spot and take... Bit more of the load for Herbert, and if uh, Eckler's back this week, can they get something going on the ground or a little bit more there? Because they've had zero help on the ground. Um, Patriots, Dallas. Oof. It's at Dallas. Patriots have been going ordinary. Off a big loss. Dallas. Not sure if they're getting a couple offensive linemen back. We know that Diggs is out for the season, but they have to respond. So I'll go Dallas. Dallas as well. They're at thirty. Pats, $3.56. Uh, Cardinals 49ers I know every week they've been massive outsiders but surely not this week <laughs> surely that's a stretch too far yeah that D-line I know Dobbs has been great so far but this is a different level of pressure so don't get me wrong 49ers yeah they give a good account of themselves but yeah $6.70 $1.11 I shan't be adding them into a multi at that value but the Cardinals <laughs> have been good nuisance value so far Chiefs at the Jets, again, can't score points. D-line might be able to bring some pressure on, but they're going to spend a lot of time on the field and they're going to run into petrol. Yeah. So Chiefs here to rack up another one. The first place schedule or the schedule so far has worked out pretty well, divisional and matchup-wise for the Chiefs. So ticking along nicely, but $1.18 favorite. Jets 490, 9.5 the line. And things wrap up Tuesday, Seahawks-Giants. Crunch time for the Giants. It is, yeah. Seahawks here, a chance to put another win on the board. They're the outsider heading to New York at $2. I'd happily take a swing at that. <laughs> Don't know about the situation, Saquon-wise, but, yeah, they haven't been good on the ground. Haven't been really good moving the ball with their arm and their D-line, which is one of the real strengths, has been pretty disappointing so far. So until I see any sign of life, uh, by the Cardinals game, I know it was a comeback, but, again, I'm not going to gauge off that. I think the Seahawks might put another one in the bank. Yeah, I think you're right. So $2, a little bit of outside value, but Bookie's not too keen on that one, and that closes out week four. So there you go. Situation there where a couple of teams are going to get their first win, Denver or Chicago. One of them's going to be off the duck egg uh, for the Panthers up against Minnesota, who are the other team. Oh, there you go. All four teams. They're on the duck egg, they're playing each other. So two teams are going to stay that way, two are going to get a win. Mm. I think the Vikings will come back there, and yeah, as the weeks develop and we get further in, uh, interesting to see any trade bait that gets hung out there. That will be interesting. Yeah, the next month will be heavy for that. Mm. And, uh, any movement in terms of the Super Bowl odds, the Chiefs, who were right up there in the mix to start with, but 
was more looking like 49ers and Eagles. They've all tightened in together on the same line of betting. So Chiefs, $7. 49ers, $7. seven fifty for the Eagles. And then your next line, Bills at 10 Dallas are at 10 a spot, a loss. 11 for the Dolphins, I still think it's pretty good value with what you've seen at the moment. Uh, then it goes Ravens, Bengals, Lions, Browns, like in that sort of tier. The only one that are a little lot upside at the moment, I think, would be the Browns if that offense gets going. But the top three, I don't think, are any surprise. Chiefs, 49ers, Eagles, all basically on that $7 line together. Yeah. I don't think there's much surprise at all. Nope. There you go, my friend. Another week down. Another great week ahead. Plenty of ripper divisional matchups and uh, never a dull moment in the NFL. It's been good so far. Couple of blowouts this week, couple of upsets after a lot of tight games and no doubt, again, when there's divisional matchups on the round, which they're absolutely stacked this week, close finishes. Special teams probably going to be a big factor again. You'll see a couple of kickers come up clutch, but man, it's good to have it back. It is, and yeah. it just gets better, like you said, after you know lack of pre-season to build in, the quality just gets better and better. So really excited for this week four. Um, for everybody else out there, again, if you're enjoying the show, iTunes, leave us a review, share it with your friends. The feedback's been good so far. Really appreciate that. But share the show, retweet. Anyone else you know that's a fan, pass it on. Fourth Inches NFL Podcast. Help get it off the ground. Always the footwork, like I said, same as the NRL podcast in the early stages, the first year or two. Um, it's just most of it's natural growth. You can advertise and do whatever you want, but if no one knows about it, it doesn't fucking matter. It's about people who enjoy it or buy into it. If you do and you know anyone, pass it on. Share it in a group. Share it with guys you're in fantasy leagues with. Natural growth is the best growth. But uh, yeah, iTunes has been some good reviews. Again, appreciate that. If anyone feel free to leave your feedback or hit us up on the Facebook page. Anything else before we go, Boxhead? No, mate. Well, there you go, everybody. Happy. Another week down. Another great week ahead. Be responsible with your gambling. Don't get caught up with shit multis like I did involving Dallas at a short price. Should have not got greedy and just stuck with the Dolphins and Tyreek. That would have been $3. That would have been enough. And uh, fingers crossed you're winning more money than I am. But for now, have a good week.